0: Hello, and welcome to the Hempville CBD podcast. I'm your host, Ben Cooey. I'm an entrepreneur in the cannabis industry with my business, Hempville CBD. This podcast is dedicated to educating you on CBD and how it can positively impact your life. Also, we'll feature professionals in the cannabis market and share their expertise in the marketplace. Join us on this enlightening journey that will enrich your appreciation of the dynamic cannabis marketplace. Follow us at hempvillecbd.com. And as always, there's an open invitation to come visit us at the store in South Haven, Mississippi. Now, let's get to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hempville CBD Podcast. My name is Ben Cooey, owner of Hempfield CBD in South Haven, Mississippi, and also owner of the website, HempfieldCBD.com. I'm sitting here with my producer, Derek Michaud. How are you this morning? What's up, Ben? How are you? Uh, We don't have two inches of ice outside like we did last week. For
1: context, last week, uh, the Memphis, DeSoto County area had snowpocalypse 2024. Uh, The city shut down for a week and a half. No school. Crazy. Now it's 60 degrees outside.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, there's there's nothing better to be snowed in with teenage daughters and a wife that's a workaholic and can't go to work.
1: <laughs> um, but it was a great time to consume some Delta 8. I will say that. I,
0: I, I did every day, just, to, just so not only I, but so my family could make it through. <laughs> they didn't take the Delta 8. I did, but they didn't have to put up with me because of that. I was just... <laughs> laid back and okay.
1: So yeah, we had to cancel last week. So yes. we took a week off. But good to have you back, Ben. Thank and, you. And uh I'm looking forward to today's um episode. It's it's going to be a crazy topic. It's scientific research versus societal and ideological perceptions. Yes. So that's that's loaded. We got a lot to talk if, about.
0: If you followed our our podcast from the beginning, I started off with our story, then I started talking about uh the different Product segments such as topicals, edibles, mm-hmm. smokables, things of that nature. Then we got into other aspects of it, such as uh, the political side of things. And now we're to you know we talked about uh, the science, really the science behind it, and and what certain scientific studies. And now we're at well, we got the science down, but the our social societal and ideological views on these things. Still aren't they haven't caught up with the science, they're lagging way behind the science, Mm -hmm. and the question is why. And and that's kind of what we're going to get into today. Uh, all my life, all every time I would try to talk about talk to someone about these cannabinoids, the number one response back was, Oh, that sounds good, but you know, the science. There's not enough sufficient evidence. There's not enough sufficient evidence in the science to to prove what you're saying. Um, that's starting to go away, and the reason it's going away is because in the last ten years, there's been over thirty two thousand studies dealing with CBD and THC, and those studies are you know those studies are dealing with or addressing how it's used how the effects of the products, and then what, what is the medical value? Where can this be applied therapeutically? Mm-hmm. And you know, with 32,000 studies, that's a large amount of data. And that data is now beginning to fill in those knowledge gaps that we had about these cannabinoids or the average person is starting to fill that in. And it's starting to take away that old excuse of, well, the science, there's not enough sufficient evidence. The science is not there
1: They can't use that excuse anymore.
0: They, they still
1: use, they, they still do. They still
0: do. Yeah. But now when they do, I can pull up a study.
1: Yeah.
0: I, and not only one study. I can pull up m- multiple, multiple, multiple studies. Uh, you have backup. I have backup. Where before, we didn't have that. Right. And we didn't have that because it was an illegal drug. Uh, there wasn't a lot of money to study it. I know uh, the University of Mississippi has, you know, they were like one of the few that could do research uh-huh. with with marijuana. My mother was actually one of the researchers that did that type of work, uh, but they were like the only ones. Uh, but now there's more and more studies because of some of the changes. But before then, it was always, well, not enough evidence. Well, that's that's starting to go away. Um, and that excuse of "there's not enough evidence" was denying us what we already knew—that CBD and THC not only is helpful, but it's good. And that what that excuse was doing was denying us what we already knew, which was CBD and THC was not only good, but it was helpful in a lot of these ailments that we're talking about. And uh, but our government and our society for some reasons, lagging behind because we still look at it as bad, even though now we have scientific research that says, no, this is, these are, if used properly, these are good cannabinoids and they help out a lot. So where is that gap between the science and how we as a society view these cannabinoids? That's what we're talking about today. Uh,
1: So What's causing this? So let's get into it. Let's do it. (laughs) I mean. The word that comes to my mind is stigma, right? Yes. That's still the ideological side of things.
0: Well, there are several factors going into this, but I list probably what I thought was the top three. Let's go. One is the scientific research that has been done is really not promoted to the public. I mean, you can get on Google and find it. But you got to be looking for it. Mm -hmm. But as far as when these studies come out and and the studies come out with very good things, positive things to say, I mean, it doesn't hit the news ever. The only thing you ever hear on the news is the negative side. And Mm -hmm. usually when you listen to the news, you're only getting half the story. And we got a perfect example of that later on in the podcast. But you're not getting the full story. So the science isn't promoted. Uh, the scientific research is out and that is why the scientific research is outpacing our societal, societal norms also marketing as a business owner i cannot tell you how hard it is to market these products the fcc i cannot say i know in the beginning i couldn't there's a question of whether or not i could say cbd on the radio now i can but i cannot say thc thca really Or any of the other things that we do on the radio or on certain social media platforms like Facebook. Um, And I know there are people out there that said, oh, I saw this on Instagram or I saw this on Facebook. And it does promote. I've talked to my IT people about that, and I've showed them the same type of ads. And my IT people have said, yes, you can do it. But what happens to those people is they set up an account. They'll do it for like a week, eventually get kicked off, and then they'll set up another account and under another name and do it. And I said, Well, we, you know, that's not how I operate. It's hard to build a following. It's hard to build a following. You're getting your message out, but you're not building a following. Yeah. Plus, you're, you are gaming the system, but anytime, you know, I'm 55 years old, I'm old enough to know. You can only game the system for so long until mm-hmm. it catches up, and then the system will knock you out of the game. Yeah. And I would just rather do things right the first time and move forward and not have to look over my shoulder thinking, are we going to have to set up a new web page or this, that, and the other? It's too
1: much work. It's too much work. And, it, it, and costs. It does cost a lot I mean, of money. You're going to set up a new website every three months? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like, can tell
0: you our website, I probably invested... About $30,000, yeah. if not more, in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I, can't, I, I can't rebuild no. that every couple of months.
1: No. An e-commerce website is a whole different animal, man. That's not something that you just it is. redo. And,
0: and, you know, you got to be weary, too, because I know I've seen this happen where people would order, and it, it happened in my industry, people would order product a, a website would be selling product they have no physical store it's just mm-hmm. a website and all of a sudden that product does something to somebody in a negative way for instance remember the last podcast uh the gas station neptune elixir i was telling you yes. about that that calls that guy to have to go to the hospital mm-hmm. after he drank it because it had a drug in there that was illegal. almost killed him almost killed him uh that product is i heard that on the radio that's why i didn't know the full name coming up but i did some more research that product was called ne- neptune's fix and it's sold in gas stations but i've seen websites that sell certain products like that all of a sudden a customer a lot of customers will have bad experiences and they'll complain to the to the better business bureau the owner of that website can shut that website down and open up another one in 24 hours under a different name. You never know the difference. And, you know, it's almost like they vanished off the face mm-hmm. of the earth. They You can trace back all the IP addresses and stuff. But unless you hire a lawyer and spend $85,000 doing that, which most people can't do, that's probably not going to get done. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, you got to be weary. An online store is is much different. I have a physical store as well that's connected to the online store, so that kind of grounds us in a way Mm -hmm. of doing things right rather than trying to play those games. Awesome. But, yeah, the scientific research is not promoted. Marketing is restricted so bad I can't get the message out. That's one of the reasons I have this show is with a podcast, I can say these things and talk the way I want to like we do in the store. And the podcast gives me the freedom to do it. That's why we have this. Yeah, now, we, we
1: don't have FCC regulations on podcasting. Right. Yeah. And, and then the, the
0: third thing was us as a society. We need to quit whispering about these products like there's something bad. I mean, my neighbor, <clears throat> we've had some uh, new people move into our subdivision. Now, I live in a subdivision where we got a, a little bit of everything. We got... Uh, uh, some old people that have retired that have lived there for 50 years. We got a lot of young people coming in. A lot of business owners, for whatever reason, live in my neighborhood. And it's just an average neighborhood. We're not talking anything. Yeah. Pan- you know, all the houses are 70s, 80s type mm-hmm. houses. Uh, and But he's telling me, oh, yeah, so-and-so moved in over there. They're like us. They do the gummies. And,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's these, a secret society. Yeah, these people, right? over,
0: yeah, these people over here. Uh, he's an attorney. Oh yeah, they're like us. They do the, the and I'm and he's whispering to me, and there's nobody around.
1: It's us. like I'm, a speakeasy, right?
0: But it's just when you talk about it, it's like we got to whisper. Right. We need to stop whispering mm-hmm. about that because the whispering is making it sound like we're doing something bad when these are legal products. People are using this in replace of medicine. Some people are using it for recreational. But if it's in replace of alcohol, guess what? You're mm-hmm. better off. Yeah. Um, those three things are part of the reason we have that gap between the science and society. Now, current research, current research is being done now on a wide scope of topics from cannabis, cannabis pharmacology um, to diverse medical applications. And this is very important to us. And the reason it is very important is because it contradicts what has always been said about cannabis. It has no medical value whatsoever. The research is saying that's not true. Mm-hmm. And the other thing with this is it, it makes us question the classification of this drug uh, from a Section 1 drug where it's categorized with cocaine, LSD, heroin, and meth. There's no reason why this drug should be categorized with those because it's still it, under that category. It's still under that category. It's a schedule one drug. And yeah, that's wild. Schedule one is LSD, it's meth, it's uh, cocaine, um, CBD, THC, marijuana. It does not have the same effect or uh, the same result. That those things do. Those things will ruin your life.
1: Yes. Not even close.
0: Now, if you abuse marijuana, it can ruin your life. Yeah. But you know, everything has to be handled responsibly. But when you get into <laughs> meth and cocaine, there is no res- the responsibility of that is don't use it. Yes. There is no if you use them responsibly, you'll be okay. No, it's poison. <clears throat> it's poison. That's yeah. exactly right. Um, also with the recategorizing of it has no medical value, the scientific research is not only saying it has medical value, but it's, it can help out with so many things. It can help out with cancer, autoimmune disorders, gastrointestinal disorders, uh, anxiety, chronic pain, and so much more after that. I mean, they're finding more and more things this, these cannabinoids can help out with. Now, my whole life, all I've heard, and I'm sure you've heard this too, you've heard, oh, CB, CBD, THC, those are dangerous drugs. They're gateway drugs. They're addictive. Mm-hmm. They have no medical value whatsoever. The people who want to use them just want to get high. And I started to think as I was writing that down and thinking about it, I was like, I just explained what alcohol was. <laughs> I mean, alcohol, does, for the most part, does not taste good. Most people drink alcohol because they want to get a little, mm-hmm. little, little buzz, a little drunk. Alcohol is addictive. Alcohol is a gateway drug because those people that are become alcoholics and are drinking the hard stuff, they all started drinking the light light stuff,
1: beer, Mm -hmm. when they were younger, and then they moved up. I've mentioned this before. You're sitting across this table from a recovering alcoholic of 10 years that alcohol killed all my inhibitions, and then that's when I got into other drugs in my youth. Mm -hmm. It was all because of alcohol. And
0: and my mother was an alcoholic. Uh, She was not an alcoholic when she was raising us. What had happened to her was that uh, she was a great mother, because when you say, oh, my mother was an alcoholic, you're thinking, oh, you must have had a bad childhood. No, I had a great childhood. Uh, she was a great mother. But what happened was she was a single mom raising three boys, all of her birthdays in one month. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Whoa. That that makes it rough. That though. hurts the purse. And she always had <laughs> birthday parties for us. So now that I look back and she, she was working and putting herself through college, Um, what happened to her was she had gotten remarried, I had a stepfather. We had you know, grown up into men, had moved out of the house, moved out of the, the town that she lived in because we had families and we had to go get jobs. And the town at that time was very small and there wasn't a job big enough to support what we were mm-hmm. wanting to do. And my stepfather died. And when he died, and I didn't realize this, going back into that house and being alone all the time after you've raised kids there and now you got mm-hmm. uh, 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 your husband and your second life and it just vanishes like that. Going home every day, I'm sure it was very painful. Work was a whole lot better than going home. Mm-hmm. And that's usually not a good sign. And she ended up falling into a depression and these, these cannabinoids weren't around back then. And, you know, for somebody who grew up in the, let's say, the late 40s, early 50s, if you're depressed, what's the first thing you do?
1: Drink.
0: Yeah. Like girlfriend breaks up with you, let's mm-hmm. go to a bar
1: and get smashed. Mm-hmm. You know, let's something. get some whiskey and so drink she, our sor- sorrows away. Yeah. Easy so for me to say. <laughs> and, and what is funny is my
0: stepdad, before he met my mother, was an alcoholic. Mm. And my mother would not put up with it. And so he got, he got off of it. And uh, he was in great shape, but he had a heart attack for other reasons, and that's what made him pass away. And my mother, who was completely against it, after he was gone and all the kids were gone, guess what she started doing? Mm. Drinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, It started off small, and then it got to be bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it just took over her whole life. And by the time we realized what was going on, it was too late. She was already we weren't going to be able to kind of pull her back in. Plus, she, she, I don't know if she saw it or not, but she wasn't trying to get the help. And you all, mm-hmm. everybody knows if you're addicted to something, no matter what you do, you're not going to get off of it unless you want to get off. You of it. have to. Right. And so she was an alcoholic. And I look down here, dangerous, gateway drug, addictive. Alcohol has no medical value whatsoever. In fact, it hurts your body more than anything, and you're just doing it to get high or you're just doing it to get drunk. That is alcohol. The thing is, when we talk about these cannabinoids, it's the exact opposite. CBD THC is it dangerous? No, not if you use it responsibly and buy it in a you know buy it in, uh, in a store, not off the street. Is it uh, a gateway drug? People claim it is. I don't think it is because it's not addictive the way alcohol is. Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, FDA and the uh, Department of Health and Human Services are recommending to the DEA that it's a uh, low abuse rate and it does have medical value. So that's important. Uh, and we just answered it does have medical value. Yeah, there's some people that use these products because they just want to get buzzed, just like the alcohol but they're not going to get you addicted they're not going to hurt your body it, you're getting all the positives none of the negatives it's like yeah it, it's like if you do alcohol everything's at a, in an, on a down downward spiral i listened to an alcoholic this morning he said man when i was on alcohol i couldn't sleep my relationship with, with my wife was terrible the relationship with my kids was terrible i couldn't think straight blah 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 and I'm thinking, man, when I take THC,
1: <laughs> uh,
0: my relationship with my wife is better. Uh, I can think uh, clearly. And, you know, I, I think of things that I normally wouldn't think of when, when mm-hmm. I'm not on it. And I was like, it just makes life all that much better. Plus, hey, I'm getting a good night's sleep. And usually that's when I take it so I can get to sleep. Uh, so it's all the, all the side effects you get with alcohol. You get none of those. In fact, they improve those Mm -hmm. aspects of your life uh, with the THC. Now, a vast amount of research on these cannabinoids the last 10 years have challenged that narrative of this drug has no value in it and it's just a dangerous drug. But because it contradicts that, it's starting to highlight that, hey, as I mentioned, this is a Section 1 drug. And it's starting to shed light on that Section 1 classification. And n- now they're talking about moving it to s- to Section 3. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get into that later on in this podcast, too. But that is going to be very important. Uh, even though the science says that these cannabinoids, and the science proves, not that it says it, but that it proves it, it is good. It will help. Uh, we had a podcast where it said, It talked about opioid addiction and about how THC could help reduce the amount of opioids used in people who take that drug. Um, But one of the key things was, as long as there are roadblocks and hoops and hurdles people have to jump through to get these cannabinoids, like an ID card, the government tracking them, giving up some rights in order to get the medical card, those hurdles will prevent people from getting the medicine. That's what their research mm. proved. And, and in conclusion, <clears throat> that these, these studies came out with, these cannabinoids help get people off opioids, but you got to loosen up the restrictions on them because as you put these hurdles up, people just give up and say, you know what, I'll just go to the street and buy it because I, yeah. I want a private sale. I don't want the government and the whole world knowing I'm buying it in a dis- and, and dispenser.
1: Then, and then you don't know what you're getting.
0: Correct. Plus… You don't have those problems in my shop because we're not a dispensary, but we sell basically the same thing, just in a different form. And so you, it, you have the privacy. But um, who's giving us the pushback? You know, who's always pushing back or slanting the stories? And it always comes down to who's in control, the government, the people that make the laws. Yeah. And you got to ask yourself, and this is just going to be my opinion Why does the government give us so much pushback?
1: Well, it's competition.
0: If you're a politician, you need two things. You need money for your campaign and you need votes. And usually you're getting the money so you can get votes, you know, advertise promotions, stuff of that nature. Now the source of the money, right? Yeah. Who's giving the money to the politicians, (laughs) right? If these cannabinoids and everything is, are illegal, then there's not a lot of money for us to give them to lobby for us. Now, we do have, as it's, you know, over the past 10 years, now I think we got 40 states that have some form of marijuana or these cannabinoids. We have lobbyists as well. But Big Pharma, who do we compete with? Big Pharma. You're not telling me Big Pharma is not giving massive contributions to the politicians to make it harder and harder uh, to put hurdles up in people's way so they don't get these products. <laughs> that, that is why we get the pushback. But it's, I'm starting to see a shift in that. The majority of the public wants these cannabinoids. And I'll give you a perfect example. Mississippi, the state we're in right now. They put this on the ballot, and they did not think it was going to pass. And it passed with like 73 74% of the people in this state wanted medical uh, marijuana.
1: And this would be considered a red state.
0: Oh, yes. It's very red. And and that's one of the reasons I live here is because it is a red state. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the problems we see out west with the riots or up north with the crime, we don't have that here. That is why everybody's leaving those areas and moving down south.
1: Especially our county right here. Oh, yeah. DeSoto County. Correct. Uh, everybody's leaving
0: the big cities. Even Memphis. They're all mm-hmm. leaving Memphis. And, and coming into North Mississippi because of the, the quality of the school districts, mm-hmm. the low crime rate, everything else. So in a red state, 74% of the people voted for this. And I, I don't think the state was prepared for that because they have done nothing but drag their feet on policy ever since it's been passed. Uh, drag their feet on licensing and everything, the regulations, everything that goes with it. But that's starting to change. And the reason it's starting to change is, like I said, politicians need money. But they need your vote, more importantly. Mm -hmm. Now, your vote, individual vote, vote, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. But that's not how a politician looks. Politicians group us into blocks of people, segments of people. So they're looking at, where can I get the most votes? And if 74% of the people are saying, we want this, but their money is coming from (laughs) big pharma that doesn't want it, the politician kind of has to wiggle right. their way. They're they're having to navigate now a, a treacherous uh I guess pathway.
1: I think they look at the votes, right? And they say, we want those votes.
0: Correct. Or or they look at it and say, you know what? We might wait till after election time to to decide on this law or this regulation mm-hmm. because most people aren't going to be happy with it. Mm-hmm. And so I'll wait until I'm elected and then put the hammer down. Yeah. And that gives me some some time or they're saying, look, if I vote against this, I'm definitely not going to get reelected. So I'm going to vote for it. So we're starting to see that change. Um, Your public, the public demand is is what's causing that. Uh, We just got to get there because the public's demanding it and it's out there, but it's out there in many different forms. And some of those forms aren't good now. An example of change: the FDA and Department of he- Health and Human Services has recommended to the DEA that um, cannabis be switched from a scheduled one drug categorized with LSD, methamphetamine and cocaine. Schedule one drug means no medical value, um, highly addictive, high, high abuse rate, to a section three classification. Now, this is extremely important for us because Section 3 basically means this drug has medical value and it has a very low abuse rate, meaning it's Mm non-addictive. I mean, you can abuse it, but the odds of that are very low. And the reason I say that's important is how many people do you think are standing on the sidelines because we're an unregulated industry? uh You know, there are people out there that they only want to do what the government says or what their doctor says because they're probably like I was 20 years ago. I'm not too sure about this. You know, I've never done Mm -hmm. cannabis or anything else. I've always heard it was dangerous. I just don't want to go there. Well, once they reschedule it to Section 3 and the government comes out and says, hey, this does have medical value and it does not have a high abuse rate, like it's non-addictive, so... You're going to be okay. Yeah. There's a lot of people standing on the sidelines that are like, okay, I think I'll give it a try.
1: What they're hearing is the word safe.
0: Yeah, what exactly. What they're hearing is this is safe. You are not going to take this and become a drug addict. You are not going to take this and ruin uh, the relationships you have with with your family members and people around you the way meth and cocaine and all these other hard mm-hmm. drugs do. That is important because when you're in pain, when you need something, uh you just need you need to get the right product to take care of that. And if you can get a product with no side, no side effects the way your prescription medication does, there are a lot of people on the sidelines. And when they hear the government say, and and actually the FDA and Department of Health and Human Services, they recommended a Schedule Three classification to the DEA, but the DEA has the final call on it. So it's, they're the ones that are going to determine whether it's section one or section three. But if it gets changed to section three, like I hope it is, then the average consumer who does not use this product is hopefully with the education. will look at this and say, okay, what I'm hearing is it's safe. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing the FDA, the, the health and human services, the uh, DEA Drug Enforcement—they're all saying it's—it's it's not. You're not going to get addicted. You're not going to become a drug addict. And this does have medical value. It's not about getting high or getting buzzed. It it will help. And and if you are somebody who has an ailment like cancer, you're going to do anything to make that go away. And what you want to do—not not that these make it go away, but they can definitely help mm-hmm. with the process. You don't want to take something that's, go- that's going to put you in a worse situation like, like some of the prescription medications. Take this and it'll make your skin rash go away. However, you will have suicidal thoughts. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't thinking of suicide before, so why would I want to take your medicine and then have right. that now?
1: The antidepressants, when, when on TV, part of their commercial is going through the side effects, and one of them is suicide. Right. It's an antidepressant. But we have to tell you that there's chance of th- suicidal thoughts.
0: Yeah. Or the one I love is explosive diarrhea. <laughs> no matter what my problem is, <laughs> I definitely don't want that problem. Nope. <clears throat> um, but when they schedule it from a sec- to a Section 3, uh, Section 3 means you're on the same level as Tylenol with codeine. Okay. You know, very basic medication.
1: Would uh, um, pseudoephedrine? I don't know you know, like Sudafed D, you know, the Sudafedrine stuff. It's regulated to the point where they put you in a system so uh, you can't buy too much. Uh, so I wonder where that lies. But that's... I, I would think... Because isn't that what you can... Is that the one
0: that people... You can
1: make meth with it.
0: I bet it's a Schedule Two or a little higher because the drug that drug is not bad, but you can take something out of it and mm-hmm. create something really bad. What are you going to take out of marijuana that's going to be mm-hmm. really bad?
1: And it's in this weird spot where... It's not in the shelf. It's behind the counter, but you don't need a prescription for it. Correct. But they're just tracking. They're tracking. I, bet the,
0: I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm betting that's probably a Schedule 2. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if they move it to Schedule 3, you're saying not only does it have a low abuse potential and it has medical value, that uh, there's low physical and psychological dependency on it, too. Now, what this will also do, is it's a step towards more legalization of these cannabinoids, which most Americans support. Uh, Also, it facilitates more research. One of the problems we had in the past was because it was illegal, because it was Section uh, 1 drug, there wasn't a lot of money going into the research because why would there be? It's illegal. They're studying all the other things. Also, where is that research money coming from? It's coming from my competition, Big Pharma. Right. So now that the science is is, uh, coming out, that these are helpful, these are good, uh, it's facilitating more research. The science is catching up. The science is catching up. Hopefully, it will ease more banking restrictions because banking in this industry, whether you're a a dispensary or a a hemp industry like mine, uh, I can get a bank account for my business. But not all banks will accept it. And it's still tricky. Yeah. It's still very hard. I can't just walk into a bank and do it. Like, uh, I went into a bank. I've been a member of this bank since I was a kid, since I've had a bank account. The president of the bank is one of my good friends. I could open up a CBD account, my, uh, uh, an account for my business. They would not do my credit card processing because of my business.
1: So you could you could uh, deposit. I could deposit. Cash. I could deposit money there and I withdraw could. and the whole thing debit card if you needed. Yeah. Right? They,
0: they, well, they would give me that to spend the money, but right. when I but ninety percent of my sales is credit card sales
1: and they wouldn't accept
0: that. They wouldn't accept it. The, and the reason why is because we're a hemp business. We sell CBD and THC. The banking regulations, or at least their their bank had policies to where they didn't want to do that because that's the old policy. <clears throat> <Yeah>. And <clears throat> a lot of banks are still in that old form uh, of doing so because it it is categorized as schedule one. If they move it to schedule three, hopefully that'll ease up the banks and because the banks want the money. I mean, there, there's a lot of money to be deposited <laughs> for sure, uh, but it's, it's still an issue for the banks and it's an issue for us. And plus there's, Also, as a Schedule 3, like I said, it's going to pull a lot of people off the sidelines. There'll be broader acceptance and use of, hopefully, the products. Now, with the Section 3 classification, if it goes there, you also need to put some regulations on it, too, because in this business, there are a lot of bad players, and that's where all the negative news comes from, like the uh, Neptune Elixir or... Fix that, that, that we talked drink, about, yeah, the that drink. gas station drink we yep. talked about. Now, the other thing is, uh, I look at it like you got to treat it like alcohol. Um, alcohol. You can, if you go into a bar, you can't take that drink drink out on the street. For, from what I know, you can maybe pour it in a cup and nobody would know.
1: Yeah, like Beale Street, Memphis. <clears throat> there's c- yeah. certain areas that will let you drink. But if I downtown go downtown like that, but it's closed off the traffic. But if you
0: go into a normal bar and they give
1: you a bottle of beer, you can't walk no. out of that bar
0: with that. Or if they give you some whiskey. You can't walk out of that facility. You can't buy it to go. Yeah. Like, you, hey, you, know, you can't buy it to go. You
1: know, you got to either inside or in the smoking section outside, right? Correct. The, the patio. <laughs> Correct. Also, alcohol.
0: Some drinks, they put a cap on the alcohol c- content. Uh, I know if you buy wine in a grocery store, anything in a grocery store that's alcoholic has to have no more than five percent alcohol
1: in it and regionally, because of uh I traveled a lot being a musician and you go up to like North Dakota mm-hmm. uh the beer that you buy at the store <clears throat> is a lower alcohol rate really they, yes, regulated so because they I think they realize there's so much little to do up there in long winters or whatever <laughs> yeah that there's a lot of <laughs> drinking issues up there. So yes, less alcohol um, content in the in the beers.
0: Well, I know, and and hey, Wisconsin, uh, I love you because I don't know what's going on in Wisconsin, uh, but I've heard it's very cold up there. Kind of what you said. Everybody up there drinks all winter long. They don't
1: have restrictions. Wisconsin's a fun party state. Yeah,
0: that's that's what. But what we've started to see online is a lot of purchases from Wisconsin because people are getting off the alcohol and buying these products in replace of it. And uh, I'm having customers tell me about how they're uh, just their body. They're getting off the addiction of alcohol. Their body feels better. Their mind is better. It's all around just improving their lives. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess I've never lived in a state where it snows eight feet high every year. But uh, and I don't want to live in one because I don't like snow. But if I was snowed in like I was last week, uh, yeah, I could see myself partaking a lot. (laughs) Um, In other podcasts, I've talked about how these cannabinoids, CBD, THC, always get the negative side of things. You're never told the full story. And here's a perfect example. Now, by the time our, our listeners hear this podcast, it'll be old news cuz it's january now and this podcast probably won't hit until early march right but in california this week a girl that stabbed her boyfriend 108 times 108 times and killed him went to court and got probation 100 hours of community service was her punishment and the reason for that is the judge said well she took two hits off a bong that they were smoking together and it caused her to go into a violent, psychotic rage and stab her boyfriend. So it wasn't her fault. Now, one, I think that's BS. But I, I'm not in the <clears throat> courtroom. I hate to play judge because uh. only the people in the courtroom really know everything. But what really irritated me about it was I was watching the news that night, and they were talking about this case. And one of the commentators said, "Um, they're talking about moving Cannabis to a Section 1 to a Section 3 drug. Do they know what they are doing? Studies have shown that cannabis causes more psych- violent, psychotic uh, rages or, or, or episodes than LSD, than <laughs> cocaine, than meth, even more than alcohol. And I'm sitting there listening to that <clears throat> going.
1: No one's <throat> ever been abusive while drinking.
0: Yeah. Or or. People smoking, no. are more, people smoking cannabis are more abusive than the people that drink. I've gotten complete opposite stories from police officers. Yeah. Of course. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I call BS. And I'm sure this commentator did some research, and sh- they probably cherry-picked certain things. What they did not say, and the questions that I had for this report was, where did this girl, if the marijuana caused this, where did she buy this? Did mm-hmm. she buy it off the street? Was the marijuana laced with another substance? What was the THC content of this marijuana? Was it super duper high like 85, 90% which it, That's yeah. not marijuana. That's spiked marijuana.
1: Um PCP, angel dust, <clears throat> yeah. you know, back in the 90s that was always the big because, thing. They laced with angel <clears throat> dust.
0: Because if they bought this cannabis at a store then it's traceable. And yeah. they can trace everything on it. None of that was said none of that was even investigated at least on the news report i'm sure in, <clears throat> in the judge maybe they did i don't know but it was the story was so one sided that i'm like look there's a lot of questions that you're not really digging into and those are the questions that people really need to know because mm-hmm. you're sitting here saying uh cbd and thc and cannabis all together cause more violent psychotic episodes than <clears throat> all these other hard addictive drugs
1: no, I just do not. Well, l- let me punch in, because I always try to pull from my experiences. I, have, yeah, I do too. I, I have tried LSD several times in my early, late teens. I hated it. It's awful. It's, mm-hmm. Some people can handle it. My system didn't like it, so I'd have what's called a bad trip, right? But even a good trip, you are hallucinating. Things are moving that shouldn't be moving, <laughs> yeah. okay? I would suggest to this lady on Fox News, okay, Monday— Take two hits off a joint. Following Monday, take a hit of acid and come talk to me to see the difference. Well, The other thing they didn't get into is THC
0: is good for certain neurological conditions. However, it can be terrible for certain neurological conditions. I'll Mm -hmm. give you an example. If you're a, a schizophrenia, if you suffer from schizophrenia, you take THC, that's like throwing gas on the fire. Yep. I mean, it's going to be terrible for mm-hmm. them. This they never got into, did this girl have a, a neurological condition that she didn't know about? Yeah. Could she have been borderline schizophrenic, took two hits off a bong and just went psychotic? That that could have happened. Mm-hmm. But this these are this is just an example about how the news and our society takes these cannabinoids and will only report half the story or not. They never report the good stuff. They always report the bad. And when they report the bad, they don't dig enough yeah. to find out what really caused it. It's just, oh, well, it's marijuana. I mean, marijuana is dangerous. It's these kind cannab- And that is not true. And that is where the misconception of our society, society's idea, how we look at this drug mm-hmm. And then what the science says about it—that is why there's such a huge gap, and that is what we're trying to close.
1: Think about the message that court ruling is giving everybody. Well, oh, okay. So uh, <clears throat> if I smoke some weed and I punch somebody in the face that I don't like, hey, you're I'm good. sorry. I was I was under the influence. I didn't know what I was doing. And, well, we twenty all know. hours, you know, uh, of community service. What and we all know,
0: if cannabis was not involved in this if these two individuals were just sitting at home taking shots like college yeah. students would do
1: she'd be getting and just drinking. three life sentences <laughs> yeah
0: and she was basically just drunk yeah and stabbed her boyfriend a hundred times she would be in jail done the alcohol wouldn't be an excuse all
1: done all, yeah. prison for
0: life so i don't understand the ruling i know in mississippi <clears throat> i would like to think she'd be going to jail um But I know if it was alcohol and not uh, cannabis, if it was alcohol-based, she'd be going to jail. There'd be no question. You're not going to be able to use alcohol as an excuse to commit a crime.
1: Sorry, Judge. I just had too much tequila. (laughs) I have a bad reaction to margaritas. Yeah. And I lost control and stabbed my boyfriend a hundred times.
0: Because if that was the case... Nobody would ever have a job. What they do is go get drunk, rob a bank, and, it, and if they if they got away with it, great. And if yeah. they got caught, well, judge, I was drunk.
1: So please, to the listeners, don't feel like you can get high and go break a law and get away yeah, with it. Yeah, please do not. We do not condone that. We disagree with this court ruling in many, many ways. <laughs>
0: correct. That is 100% correct. Um, well, folks, I hope you learned something today. I hope that kind of closes the gap for you. That's the end of our podcast today. Please uh, like and subscribe if you get on YouTube and listening to the podcast or Apple or Spotify or our website. Uh, feel free to go to the website, HemphillCBD.com. Take a look at what we have. There's a coupon code for you for 20% off just because you listen to this podcast. It's called the HVP20. Uh, you put that in the, the coupon code box and it'll give you 20% off your order. Uh, or if you if you... Don't come to the website. Come to the store if you're local. Uh, We'd be glad to see you answer any questions you have and give you the best advice we can. What's the address again? 562 Goodman Road, South Haven, Mississippi. Uh, And folks, it's called Hempville CBD. Hemp, help educate more people. Bill, we all live in the same community. We should all be looking out after each other. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you next week found this podcast helpful i'd appreciate it if you took a minute to subscribe rate review and follow us at hemphillcbd.com. this increases the reach to more people who are trying to navigate through the changing cannabis market and its products so that we can create a more knowledgeable consumer take a screenshot and tag me in your social stories to friends it means the world to me to know that this podcast has positively helped you and that we get to be a part of your journey thank you and until next time here's to a better life